I'd like to read three verses from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. John chapter 14 at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And may the Lord bless to us the reading of his own perfect and infallible word. For a few moments this afternoon, I want to meditate principally on the first part of verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And I want to give a brief title to our meditation. It simply is Trust in Christ. And as we seek to pray and to call upon his glorious name, it's good for us if we can remind ourselves something about the one that we seek to serve and we worship. And there are three things that I wish to draw to your attention from this verse and in context, I trust. And looking to the Lord's help, we want to meditate on three headings that I have before me here. The first is Christ the prophet. Christ the prophet. Now we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our mediator. And as our mediator, he exercises three offices, that of a prophet, that of a priest, and that of a king. And as a prophet, he reveals the word of God for our salvation. But I'm using the heading Christ the prophet in the sense that the Lord Jesus Christ looked upon his disciples and he was able to read their hearts. He was able to read what was actually going on within themselves. For he says here, let not your heart be troubled. Who was he addressing? Who did he say these words to? Well, he spoke to his 11 genuine, true-hearted apostles. By this time in John's gospel, Judas, the betrayer, had left. He had gone to do his dastardly deed. And the Lord Jesus Christ, after Judas left, he was, in some sense, intimate with his apostles, with those who were true-hearted, genuine believers. They weren't perfect, nothing like it, but the faith that they had was true. It was genuine. It was the real thing. And what did he see and recognize in them, in these real, genuine Christians? He saw they were troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Why were they troubled? Well, we have to briefly, and I mean briefly, consider chapter 13, the previous chapter. John, uh, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples in that chapter. And then... He reveals a number of things, a number of things that disturbed him. First of all, he said 
that Christ would be betrayed. And also he tells them that he was troubled in spirit in verse 21 of chapter 13. He goes on to tell them that Christ was going to leave them and that they could not follow him. In verse 33, he reminds them that he was going to leave them. They were going to be going to be bereft of the one whom they had followed for some three years. And then, if you like to cap it all, in verse 38 of the previous chapter, he tells them that Peter would deny him. And all of these things that Jesus had revealed to his disciples disturbed them. And Christ saw that. What are we meant to learn? Well, surely the first thing we're meant to learn when Jesus said to them, let not your heart be troubled, that Christ knows all things. We can hide nothing from the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is all-knowing. He sees everything. He is omniscient. He knows all things and we can hide nothing from him. And for the real, genuine, true-hearted Christian, this is a great comfort. It's a great comfort that the Lord Jesus Christ knows our difficulties, knows our troubles, knows our trials, knows the sore providences that come upon us, knows the things that cause us to be anxious and to worry. Christ is aware of all of these things and we can hide nothing from him. And friends, if we belong to Christ, we should want to hide nothing from him. Therefore, when we go to prayer, let us be encouraged that we don't need so much to inform Christ. He knows all things. But this should be a great confidence to us that we may lay our cares, petitions, concerns, supplications before him, knowing that he knows these things and knows what we need better than we do ourselves. It also teaches us surely that Christians do worry. Let not your heart be troubled. Maybe their faces were bright and cheery, but Jesus could see their heart, and they were troubled. Many people today are troubled. Even Christians are troubled. The world's in the grip of a pandemic. We don't know where it will end. We firmly believe that God has a plan and a purpose in all of these things, but nevertheless, sometimes it can cause us to be troubled. And Christians, real Christians, genuine Christians, they can worry too. But Jesus knows all these things. Well then, first of all, Christ the prophet. Secondly, we might notice here from this verse, Christ the teacher. We see there in verse 1, ye believe in God. And I do believe here that Christ is really asking the disciples, his apostles, to stop and think. Their hearts are troubled, but in effect he's saying to them, why are they troubled? Why are your hearts troubled? Ye believe in God. In other words, he's saying to them, there's no real need for you to be troubled. 
ye believe in God. And he is asking them to consider the things they know and to consider the things that they believe. Remember, he was addressing real Christians. He was addressing the apostles. Who were the apostles? They were all Jews. They had been brought up in Judaism. They had been immersed in the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. What do the scriptures teach? The scriptures teach of a great and a glorious God. The one who made heaven and earth and who brought all things into being at a word and at a command. The scriptures tell us about the great God of providence, that one who has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. With God, there are no accidents. And with God, there is no going back to the drawing board. There is no implementing a second plan or revising his plans. Everything works out in conformity to the purpose of his will. And these Jews would have been steeped in that kind of teaching and theology. And therefore he is telling them, ye believe in God. You have no real need to be worried or anxious. The scriptures reveal to us a God who is in control. Yes, the world is in chaos. That's true. But God is not in chaos. God's upon his throne. He is sovereign. He is Lord. And he's asking them maybe also to consider what they've heard and what they saw during his own ministry. Did they not hear Christ speak and teach and preach? And did not even unbelievers acknowledge no man ever spake like this man? He spoke with such infallible authority. And even when his, some of his disciples abandoned him, and Jesus asked his true-hearted disciples, will you also leave? Peter said, to whom else shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. And therefore, at this time when they were troubled, he was questioning why indeed were they troubled? Because they believe in God. And we want to ask ourselves that question. We should not be anxious. We should not be troubled. We should rest upon the fact that whatever is happening in this world, God is working out his plans and purposes. This is a time for faith. This is a time to rest upon our beloved. I love this verse in, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. Anyone who looks at the book of Revelation will know that it's not an easy book. There are so many different interpretations concerning the book. But friends, there's one thing that's abundantly clear about this book. And it tells us that Christ shall have the final victory, that his enemies shall be overcome, and Christ shall come, and he shall be glorious, and all his enemies shall be made his footstool. And no matter how much the world, no matter how much the devil and all his angels rise up against Christ and his cause, he shall have the final victory. 
And Revelation chapter 6 verse 2 says, And I saw, and I behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This is what Christ is doing. He's the one with the crown. He's the one who goes forth conquering and to conquer. And all the events in the world, everything that's happening, is all there designed and ordered and directed by Christ to bring about his complete and final victory. Ye believe in God, Christian, as these Jews did. So must you. And Christ would teach us a lesson that in the times when we're perplexed or anxious, let's go back to basics and let us believe in the great God of the Bible. Thirdly, finally, surely we see in this verse Christ the physician. Christ the prophet, he looks into their heart, he sees a problem. Christ the teacher, he tells them, tells them what to do, to believe in God. And he also provides, friends, the remedy. Having diagnosed the problem, here is Christ's remedy. What is it? Believe also in me. Believe also in me. And what he was saying to these Jews, you believe in a great and a glorious God. You believe in one who is sovereign. Then you are to believe in me in exactly the same way. Because Christ, friends, is God in the flesh. This indeed was wonderful news to these people. They were to exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I said in the beginning, they already had faith in Christ. They were true-hearted believers. And what are true-hearted believers to do when they're in times of anxiety and anxious? They are to exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christians will have heart problems. And I'm talking about soul heart problems here. Friends, if that's the case, the remedy is to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and to believe upon him more and more, to have faith in him more and more and to exercise that faith more and more. What do the scriptures teach us? Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. What a promise the Christian has. What a promise the follower of Jesus has. Cast thy burden. Are you burdened? Cast them upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter says much the same. And indeed, some maintain that when Peter said this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He was thinking about Psalm 55. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. Well, as we come to prayer, let us cast our burdens upon the Lord. Let us exercise faith in this one who is working out his plans and purposes. Oh, we don't know exactly what he's doing. That's true. But by faith, we see him 
going forth, conquering and to conquer. And here's the great solution, the great remedy for heart problems. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. But maybe there are some here who are yet to trust upon Christ. What can we say to you? Exactly the same. Believe upon him. Call upon him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's what we're to do. May the Lord be pleased to bless his word to us.